What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. My name is Moore Milo. No, I'm Ross Heinerelli. And this is the 52 Podcast, 52 books, 52 weeks, making every single week count. Thank you all for those of you that join us regularly. Welcome back. For those of you that are new, what we do here on a weekly basis is we read books and we give you guys the keynotes so you don't have to read them, even though you probably should read them, but that's beside the point. So today, we have a book for episode 61 by the name of The Spirit of Kaizen, Creating Lasting Excellence, One Small Step at a Time, by Dr. Robert Marrer. Marrer. I'm sure I mispronounced his name. However, uh, this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. And I think we've, we've kind of gone over a similar topic in our Toyota book. Um, I don't remember exactly what that book was called, but it was a good one. Uh, about Toyota and their kind of claim to fame and how they do things. And this was rather similar uh, in regards to just kind of the spirit of Kaizen and what Kaizen's all about. Kaizen's about change, uh, making small changes, like little by little. And uh, this book was awesome. I mean, I thought it was really good. I, I thought that it was a, a breeze to read. It was really, really easy and rather straightforward. Uh, and there were some great topics. I mean, overall, Rossi, what did you think? Yeah, same thing, you know, very easy to read, and um, like you said, I think it was called The Toyota Way. I don't know, I feel like that might have been the name of the book, but um, yeah, second time that we've actually talked about Kaizen before, so we're pretty familiar with it, but yeah, very well laid out, you know, not too long of a book, but yeah, what do you think, let's just hop into it, yeah? Yeah, let's just hop straight into it. I mean, one of my favorite things about this book was the spirit of making small changes, and I actually recently have noticed this in my life. You know, I wanted to go and lose some weight. And for so long, I've had so much trouble, you know, staying on a consistent path with losing weight. And, and I've noticed that every time I fail at creating consistency, it's because I go too hard too fast, right? Like, you choose to go to the gym one day, and you show up at the gym, and you work out for two and a half hours, and then you just don't want to come back. And I think the biggest difference that I that I created with my current weight loss journey, which which I've lost probably somewhere around 20 pounds already in the last few months, you know, it's, uh, it has been just taking it one small step at a time and not overthinking it. Like I originally started running um, maybe about six months ago and I just went for it, right? I started with two miles and I went to four miles and it was just too much. So this time around, I decided to take a slightly slower step, a slower pace. I started with like a mile, then I went to a mile and a half, then I went to two miles and a quarter, and I started doing it consistently. And then after that, like, I slowly started to integrate some additional stuff. Like, you know, here and there I would do some bodyweight workouts. And here and there I'd go to the gym. And I noticed that it was much easier for me to commit to something like that because of how small the steps were. Right? So just the fact of the matter is that, like, going and trying something, especially if it's a big, fearsome change, can be really hard if you just go 100% immediately. Right? So the concept of taking small steps, the concept of, of, you know, choosing to take your time and be consistent over be, you know, extravagant, um, has really played well into my life in the last couple months. And I really love that portion of the book just because it kind of confirmed the fact that, you know, I was kind of going about it the right way. And, you know, psychology kind of, he, he talks about a little bit about the psychology behind that and how it works for the body and how we, we kind of just like start to enjoy the little changes that we make because they're not crazy, because they're they're manageable, because they're like easy to comprehend. Whereas where if we completely change our lifestyle and completely change the way we do things from one day to the next, 
it's like shocking the body. You know, it's shocking the brain. It's shocking everything that you know. So that I found really important. I mean, in regards to, you know, small steps, taking one step at a time, taking things bit by bit, has there been something in your life, Ross, that has been, you know, really an extravagant change that you've created from making small steps and creating something in your life? You know, before I get on that, I just want to say that example for working out is probably perfect because I think we've all been there where, you know, we get into a workout routine, we go so hard at it for, you know, a week or two, and then all of a sudden it kind of falls off. So phenomenal example. Um, for me, what I've been doing is, like I said, most recently just trying to get used to this work from home, you know, accepting that, like I said, for me at Snapchat, we're talking about, you know, maybe next September. Obviously, there's a lot of plans to try to come back earlier, but... Um, they just kind of gave us uh, some extra funds to be able to work on our, our like at-home office. So I've been slowly trying to do different things to make this environment more productive for me. So I got a new desk, and then slowly just been adding little things that kind of help. Um, like I said, have a little, you know, Alexa clock in the middle. I have, you know, just standing desks, just a lot of little things to kind of get me more and more productive. So instead of just like trying to figure out a solution and going, you know, balls to the wall, essentially, I figured it was time. So I've slowly been going through stuff in my room um, to kind of clear that out and kind of week over week to just try to get everything to a place where it just feels a little bit bigger versus, you know, trying to throw everything out at once or sort it all out, just kind of taking it in small steps. And it's been very productive. It's been very good for me, um, you know, so that would be the most recent, like I said, I even even bought a gold, not a goldfish, I bought a betta fish uh, named KJ on the day the Lakers won a championship, so I got a nice fish tank on my desk, um, something a little peaceful. So yeah, like I said, most recently it's just trying to, you know, improve upon my productivity at work, and not in a normal fashion of like setting timers and doing this and that, more so just trying to get something sustainable, like you said, with working out, something that I feel I can be comfortable at, work at, and continue to improve as well without feeling like I'm being hindered by my surroundings. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So yeah, so I think that, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. I think that's probably the most straightforward topic in the book is taking small steps. And it sounds crazy, but, you know, you, you sometimes you get further as the tortoise than you are, than you do as the hare. Like that's the, you know, the, the fable of the tortoise and the hare and like the fact that the, you know, the tortoise would you know, go slow and steady wins the race, and the hare would, like, do jumpy, like, really fast motions and get distracted, and I think that it really does play true in everything that we do in life, so really important to just take your time and, like, st small step by step. The next thing I want to talk about that made a difference for me in the book was neutrality, a conversation about neutrality, and he uses a great example of a superior who manages people, and then he got a new superior, right, so there's, like, Two superiors, like there's a manager, and there's the employees, and then there's the manager's manager. So the manager got a new manager's manager, if that makes sense, right? A, a, a you know, higher level superior. And he didn't really like the way that that superior was doing things. Like she was really abrasive, she was really like sporadic, it didn't fit the team, she didn't communicate well with his employees, and you know, he, he felt really thrown off. And I guess this is one of, you know, Dr. Robert's um, patients, I guess. I think he's a psychologist. And he talks about his troubles of, you know, creating a relationship with his superior that was positive. And 
it's really hard to come from a place of neutrality when you look at something and it just is so blatantly does not fit, you know, with what you're up to. So coming from that place of neutrality, you know, he had to work on being able to not only take a step back and not look at this person in a negative light, but also find positives and find ways to compliment this person and find ways to like be in communication and, and give them positive reinforcement and also find ways to create a, a positive space for feedback. And what was created was that, you know, the, the manager decided that his superior was, you know, being abrasive and he talked to Robert and Robert kind of gave him the rundown on like the majority of the time that, you know, this abrasive nature uh, is, you know, comes to light is because of fear. And he didn't look at it like that in the mean in the first you know portion of the book, right? In the first when he first introduced the topic, he didn't look at it as fear. He just looked at it as someone coming in to step on his toes. And over time, they worked through a couple steps that allowed him to really see that yeah, this superior really was scared. You know, they were they felt uncomfortable. They felt like they weren't doing a good enough job, so they felt like they had to force their way in. Whereas, you know, if he would have just kept on, you know, trying to fight head-to-head -head with the bull, you wouldn't get very far. So what Robert and this manager did was they took a step back. They gave an opportunity for the person to step in and do their job. They gave space for neutrality. They came from a place of no judgment, no anger, right, and just took a step back. And slowly but surely, this manager was even able to start complimenting his superior to, you know, her superior. And he was able to you know, have good conversations with people around, you know, the water cooler that were positive about this person. And then he finally got to a point where he could compliment the superior about the ways that they, you know, were showing up. You know, even though there were lots of things that were abrasive about the way that they were acting in the workplace, there were still really good things that he, because he came from a neutral place, he was able to see those good things and compliment that superior on those good things. Then after all of that, after he built the trust and built the relationship, he was able to come from a neutral place. And instead of pointing the finger and saying, hey, you did this, you did that, blah, blah, blah. Basically, what ended up happening is the superior, they were able to have a, a dialogue. They were able to have an opportunity to have a chat and talk about, you know, hey, like, do you think that this is the way that you want to be leading this team? Or do you think that you're, you're reaching the team in the way that you want to be reaching them, right? And like ask questions that weren't pointed at, you know, at the negative aspects of the way they were showing up. They were neutral questions that allowed this person to really look at themselves, or excuse me, look at themselves and, 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 you know, analyze the way they were showing up. Yeah, he, like I said, and that's really what he was talking about was, you know, he began especially those water cooler conversations with, with small, easy questions, you know, to get that engagement off the bat and get the ball rolling. But, yeah, I mean, this guy is, I believe he was a, is a he currently is a professor at UCLA, um, either is or was. And, you know, like I said, he really lays out a lot of things because obviously, you know, we've talked about how Kaizen is kind of this gradual growth, this gradual change, since biologically humans, we hate change. So after a while of doing these small improvements time over time, then now to go back to where you started would feel like such a big change that your brain would be worried to ever do that. So you almost get yourself to a place where it almost feels impossible to go back to where you began. 
And that's kind of the important thing with it. You know, these small improvements lead to massive changes over time. And like you said, tortoise and the hare. I mean, the hare is going to get all the, the bulk of the attention and the praise, but how long, you know, will that last? So, I don't know. I, I would say, you know, as we get closer to closing thoughts, I thought it was a phenomenal book. I thought it was super easy, and I think the th reason why this feels like a little quicker episode is because it is a concept that I think is very easy to understand. I mean, it goes all the way back to, like I said, Tortoise and the Hare, which is one of the first stories that you learn as a kid. Um, and you can really build on that. And I think it's something that is very easily understandable because it's something that we can take into our life immediately. You know, whatever it is in your life, whether it's, you know, getting organized or, like I said, going to the gym or trying to do something for your mental health, I think it's important to know that the best step is the first step. You know, continue these small baby little things. Set small accomplishable goals. You don't always have to do the sexy goal of this big one that I'm going to, you know, be able to bench 300 pounds in two months. No, set, I want to be able to increase it by five pounds every week or so-and-so. And eventually, you're going to get to a point where you're doing 300 pounds like it's nothing. And you couldn't even try to go backwards because you're so ingrained in this way of, of operating that it just feels natural. It's the new norm for you. So... Like I said, The Spirit of Kaizen, for me, is is just such a simple book, but I think it's so powerful at the same time. What do you think, more? No doubt. Yeah, just kind of moving into final thoughts, like you said. At the, at the end of the day, this book is a very straightforward book, and he uses a lot of different examples to explain his thoughts in many different ways, which is really positive for those that, you know, really enjoy thinking about a topic and taking the time to understand every angle. Um, it's a really great opportunity to do that. And like you said, Ross, you know, the, it's the first step is the most important step. And the first step doesn't need to be a big step. You know, the first step could be, you know, mind sculpting, right? Like he, the, an example that he uses in the book is mind sculpting and like visualizations and, you know, seeing yourself in that place, but also creating the thoughts and creating the, the actions within yourself before taking it out into the real world. So I think that that's really positive stuff. I think it's, uh, it's really important to... You know, take a step back and just start with one step and then put the second step in front of that first step and just chug right along. And that's kind of the idea of Kaizen. Uh, you know, the idea is to take your time and do it the right way so you don't have to do it again. So for me, that's kind of my final thoughts is do it the right way. Don't do it again, you know, and uh, and take the small step so that you can take the big step in the long run. Um, and that's really what I got. What about you, Ross? Any Any final thoughts to finish us off or should I close this out? I mean, all I would say is, you know, progress. Just always try to make progress, no matter how big or small. Progress is always positive. It's always going to keep you moving forward. So, like I said, set those goals and uh, just work to achieve them day in and day out. And look back after, you know, three or six months and you'll realize how far you've come. So, that's all I got. As Rossi always likes to say, we try to get 1% better every day. And that rhymes. Thanks. That's great. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us for a short episode of the 52 Podcast, a really quick book review for you guys on the spirit of Kaizen. And join us again. Join us next week. Keep reading. Keep working. Keep progressing. Keep setting goals. You know, do all the things because you live to enjoy what you got in front of you. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, you're present in the moment. Enjoy the present moment and take advantage of every second. Uh, with that being said, my name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. This is the 52 Podcast, 52 books, 52 weeks, making every single week count. Thank you guys for joining us for episode 61, and we'll see you next week. Take care.